This is the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, episode number 177. Hey guys, welcome back to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Bruce Irving. This is the show where we talk to pizza entrepreneurs and kind of help you figure out what's working right now when it comes to marketing or growing your restaurant or your pizzeria. We do that with the podcast. We do that with our live show, our mastermind group, our marketing agency, and everything like that you can find over at smartpizzamarketing.com. Very, 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 very excited about today's episode. Anthony Mangieri of Una Pizza Napolitana is joining me on the show. I actually bumped into Anthony at a booth at the Pizza Expo this year. Uh, by the way, if you went to the Pizza Expo and I didn't get a chance to say hello to you, I apologize for that. Uh, really busy show. We were there for one day. Our meetup went great. Thanks to everybody who came out. Pizza Man Dan, Tony Troiano, Kay from uh, Big Bond Pizza who gave me a shirt. Thank you so much for that. Albert Grand of Pizza Therapy. Susan from Our Town, our great sponsor for the show. Susan at OurTown.net. If you're looking for some uh, new mover programs to find some new customers in your area, contact Susan. She helped me out, kind of organized this thing. And it was a great turnout. A lot of people from the show, a lot of people from... Uh, past guests of the show or who listened to the show came, hung out for a few minutes and just talked pizza and marketing and just kind of just said hello. It's great to do the podcast and to meet all the folks that I get to meet. But there's nothing like meeting somebody in person, shaking their hand, hearing their story, talking to them for a few minutes. And it was a great opportunity for me at this year's Pizza Expo to be able to do that. So thank you to all of you who came out. Uh, it was there for one day, like I said, and I wanted to meet so many people, and half of the people I said I wanted to meet up with or the booths I wanted to visit, I didn't get a chance to. So we'll have to do that in Atlantic City or at the Pizza Expo next year. All right, I'm not going to talk too much about, uh, of an intro for this podcast episode. I don't, I don't think it's really necessary. Uh, all of our information, all of the show notes, everything we talk about inside of this, our mastermind group, our marketing agency, you can go find at smartpizzamarketing.com. And I just want to get right into this interview. It's a little bit longer of a talk, but Anthony and I had a great conversation about what it's like to be in the pizza industry, how he started, why he's more of a solo guy and why he likes to do everything himself, and why he closed his pizzeria in San Francisco and came back to New York. We get into that a little bit, what it's going to be like, how he kind of has been in the pizza industry for a long time. Uh, and you know he was doing it for quite a few years before anybody even really noticed it. And he thought about giving up many times, but it's a great story. Great to hear his perseverance and his love and his passion for his craft and what he does. And it really comes through in this conversation. So I don't want to have too much talk from me. Let's just get into this talk. You'll hear from me at the end of the episode. Uh, some great announcements at the end, so stay tuned for that. But let's get into this interview with Anthony Mangieri of Una Pizza Napolitana. All right, hey everybody, welcome back to the show. I'm very excited for my guest today. His name is Anthony Mangieri of Una Pizza Napolitana. Uh, if you visited the Pizza Expo this year, you probably saw him uh, creating some pizzas there. He's very well known in our industry, and I'm very excited to have him on the show. So, Anthony, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day and joining me on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, I love your story. I was watching on your website uh, some of your videos that you have on there, and they're very interesting. I love your perspective on the pizza industry and pizza and cooking in general. So let me ask you a question, Anthony. You have a very big passion for making pizza, uh, among other things. But like, when did your pizza passion really start? When was the first time you could remember? Like, I really love making pizza. I love eating it. I want to be part of the, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Right. Um, gosh, I mean, probably when I was around finishing high school or maybe a tiny bit after that, um, I had I had already been really into like you know food and stuff. My family being Italian Americans and stuff, and you know all the pizza culture of New Jersey and New York and Brooklyn, and I loved all that stuff. But to really start to think of it as like a job or something, I I was really kind of torn about what I was going to do with my life, and and I also really loved bread baking and was super interested in that. And, you know, and then at one point I was even interested in just like cooking. I was interested in pastries. Um, but at the same time, too, I wasn't super gung-ho on going to cooking school. So my mom, at one point when I got out of high school, was kind of like probably concerned about me and what I was going <laughs> to do and realized that I was not university material. Um, and so she was like, oh, maybe, you know, you should go see this. We had heard about Johnson and Wales in Rhode Island. So she drove me up there for 
uh, one of the uh, one of the open houses seminars and stuff, and I went up and I kind of didn't really feel it, and so I yeah I just didn't know what to do, and but pizza was also a big thought, but I just didn't know exactly where I was going to go with it. So you're also are you self taught when it comes to like bread making and the dough and all that? You just kind of experimented and pretty figured much, it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, I'm self taught in all avenues of my life, including even my education. I not to promote not having an education, but you know, I'm not real. I didn't really barely. I barely got out of high school. I didn't go to college, and along with like also cooking. Once I got out of high school, I. I started to realize, like, gosh, I probably should have paid attention in school. So <laughs> it's always you, you always realize that way too late, don't you? Yes. You know, I mean, I always say to my wife now, I'm like, damn, you know, if I would have paid attention and went to school, I probably could have got, like, a real job. And with the amount of effort I've wasted on making pizza, I could have been a millionaire in a real job. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that. I say the same thing. It's like, you know what? I feel way smarter in my 30s than I did in my eight, when I was 18 or 19. I really should have paid attention in school. Oh, man, I'm exactly the same for me, exactly the same. I was totally, as you're saying, like, I'm the same for me. I was definitely a late bloomer with my education and even my ability to want to focus, to want to learn, to want to listen to just the openness of all the things that are required to actually learn. Um, so, yeah, so when, better late than never. When did you... So where did you, did you start experimenting at home or did you get a job in the restaurant industry somewhere and you kind of learned from somebody? No. So yeah, I started experimenting at home. I mean, you know, um, there wasn't really a lot of opportunities for, um, like, especially like authentic Italian food and pizza and stuff when, when I was younger, I mean, there was no pizza association. There was none of this stuff that exists now. So you know, I mean, it was really like I was just going off of what I had tasted in Italy with my family when we would go there. And, you know, the few pizzerias that I really loved uh, in Brooklyn and in Manhattan and kind of just took it from there. So, yeah, it was just me experimenting. And then, like I said, I became obsessed with reading and not only reading books about food in Italy and pizza, but just in general reading and trying to expand my, my knowledge once I was out of high school trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And along with that was also books on pizza, books on, you know, baking and Italy and the history of Italy. And that's sort of what I did. And I just started playing around and becoming obsessed and having my mom take me to like every pizzeria that I would hear about, <laughs> you know, somebody told me about whether it was Totono's in Coney Island or John's on Bleecker street or, you know, when Lombardi's reopened, which had been closed for many years and then reopened as a pizzeria again, and then going up to New Haven and trying all those places and just just absorbing everything I could with an open open mind and an open heart. And how long ago was that? Like, because that probably was before Yelp or the Internet or anything like that, right? Oh, my God. Oh, this was, there was no such thing as Internet back then. This was before cell phones. Wow. So it was like word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like also, you know, if I saw like there used to be like things on TV or, you know, like a whatever, like some kind of like travel show on PBS, whatever I could see. I mean, things were so different back then, you know, um, so that was really what I was doing. I was just I was craving information. And when did you open your first restaurant? I opened my well, I opened a bread bakery in New Jersey in 1990. I think or 90 yeah around 93 or 94 and you how long did you operate that for before you kind of did you close it or did you um, sell it or no I closed it um yeah I did it for a couple of years um about three years I think I mean it was so so before its time with the suburbs of New Jersey this was in the suburbs um and you know I mean like I was doing things based off of the places that inspired me, the things that I had read. I was learning as I was going. One of the beautiful things back then, uh, in a sense, was that there was no Internet and there was no Yelp. So you could open a place and really make a mess of things, and no one would know about it for a long time. <laughs> so it That's... wasn't like now. Now you open up. I mean, if you're not on your game the first day, your whole life could be ruined. <laughs> right. You know? That's so true. So, 
then it was like, you know, I mean, every day you came into place, it was like I was just winging it and figuring it out. And I had built a, a brick oven in my backyard with my dad. My dad was a contractor and like a, you know, like a manual labor guy. And that's sort of what I did too, besides baking was, you know, I'm, I'm pretty capable of building stuff. Um, so we just built, we kind of just like built a brick oven in the backyard based off what we kind of thought it should be. And it worked terrible, but <laughs> it, it still gave me some insides into things. And then I also, um, we took the front of, we had a little fireplace in the living room and we took the front of the fireplace, like the, the glass and everything off that. And also I would fire up the fireplace and then I would try to bake bread or pizza right in the entrance of the fireplace also just to simulate you know the effects of like that hot stone and stuff and just these were all the beginnings of me trying to understand like how things work and what you know whatever and also my grandmother was uh, naturally talented towards like you know food she was from italy and stuff so that also helped a little bit but you know whatever it was really just all just winging it that, but that experiment, that experimenting back then, and with your bread uh, restaurant, like that gave you the knowledge to like not only what to do, but like what not to do anymore, right? Yeah, no, I mean definitely, like I said, like there was an openness back then. You know, there was not really anyone else doing a lot of this stuff. So it, that combined with the fact that there was no internet to immediately expose my failures. Um, <laughs> allowed me to kind of just like grow naturally, you know, and grow openly and grow in a way that there was nothing to lose. You know, like I was super young, my mom and dad, you know, try, sort of my mom especially believed in me and, you know, and I, you know, I lived at home. I didn't have any expenses. I didn't have a car. I used to use my mom's car. So I was like really free in a sense of like, I felt like, you know what, I got to try this. And if it doesn't work, then, you know, I'll go get a job, like, digging ditches for a living or whatever, like, whatever, you know, or yeah. whatever, wherever I'm doing. And I felt like, you know, I had to do it. So my mom, who was always a really supportive person of me, like, at least, like, was like, okay, like, you know, we'll do everything we can to help you. And they definitely were not people of financial means. They were middle-class people at best. Um, but, you know, they were just very giving to me and helped me and, so that was the beginnings of it. So then I opened this bread bakery in Red Bank, New Jersey, around 93, 94. And we got like a little wood-burning uh, oven that we ordered and had shipped us from this company in California. It was the only company around back then. Um, and, you know, it came and me and my dad had to build it and put it together. And we did that and tiled it. And, and I opened up. I didn't have a mixing machine or anything. And I just like went for it you know and and figured it out and was consumed with it 24 7 i used to go in and bake bread from 10 o'clock at night until two o'clock in the afternoon every day wow i didn't have a girlfriend and nothing like all i cared about was that i was making bread and working with the oven and and that was the beginnings were you actually as a commercial operation were you like that as a kid too like were you like obsessed with certain things when you were a child like certain uh, I don't know, activities or something that was like, you know, it just consumed you. Cause it sounds like, you know, once you get into something, you're, you're in it all the way. I would say, yeah, I would say that's, I'm one of those kind of people. And I'm, there's many of us, you know, where like when you're in something, you're going, you're going for it. I would definitely say that's how I was and and still am. Yeah. Because you have to be right. Like if, if you're going to be the best at it, you got to be all in. You can't just... Right, and I mean, yeah, totally. And I've always had this thing, like, I, I do use that word the best a lot in my life, and it's not... But it's not to really be better than anybody else. It's more just that I'm so hard on myself and expect so much from myself, and I'm definitely my worst critic is myself, you know? And so that's where it stems from, just that drive and push on yourself and feeling like, you know, you want... You want to just be where you want to be. You're looking for that sweet spot of like, oh, that feels great. That's what I want it to be. Or you just like maximize your ability, right? I would tell my kids that. Like, listen, you never want to go through life and be 50 years old and look back and be like, wow, I wish I did that. Or I had such talent in this area, but I didn't utilize it as much as I possibly could have. You never want to look back at those moments. You want to take the talent that you were given and 
Use it 100%. Great. That's such great advice. So true. I say similar things even already to my six, six and a half year old daughter where I'm just like, look, sweetheart, just always be your best. Yeah. Just give your best. Be your best. That's it. And it is harder nowadays, like with the internet and all these other things, to care about what other people think. But you know what? you got to pretend like it's 1980 and not really care so much. I agree with you. Yeah, it's hard to do that, I think, but it's almost like you do. You have to kind of create your own little bubble to live in, you know? Um, I think it's, without that, it's very hard to, like, strive for excellence because I feel like people's attention spans are all over the place, and it's hard to really dig deep into stuff and really get the nuances. People are just like burning through ideas and burning through concepts so fast now that like, you know, and uh, you know what, in a way, like somehow people are doing a lot of cool things and there are a lot of things that seem really good, but I think there's more to just that superficial, it looks good or whatever. There's something deeper. And I think it's harder for people to get to that depth nowadays because of that constant bombardment of information through the internet and everything where, you know, it's great if you can use it for a tool, but if it becomes like your consumption and it consumes your life, I think you start to miss out on other stuff. Yeah, they, they tend to try to be good at a lot of things rather than great at one thing. Right, right. So when right. you, because when you, when you opened your first pizzeria in, was it in New York or New Jersey? New Jersey. It was probably an education because Neapolitan style pizza back then probably wasn't as, po- like now it's, everybody's does Neapolitan-style pizza. It's like the new trend. Right. But back then it wasn't, right? Yes. Oh, no, for sure. I mean, when I opened uh, the pizzeria, I think we were probably the first Neapolitan pizzeria in the United States. If not the first, definitely within the top three. And I would say 100% the first in the United States that opened up where it was just pizza. There was a few people who had a wood-burning oven around, but they were also, like, not hardcore about it, or they were, you know, offering other things besides pizza. As far as I know, when I opened in 96 as Una Pizza, there was no other pizzeria in the United States that was just making wood-fired Neapolitan pizza, not slicing it, like you had to eat it with a knife and fork, and also offering nothing else on the menu but pizza. Um, yeah, I don't, and we only had, when I opened, I only made margarita and marinara and that's it. There were no toppings. I didn't deliver. I mean, it was definitely like people thought I was from outer space. <laughs> what was it like the first couple of months? Did, did, were people like asking you all kinds of questions or was there a huge education oh, process? Man, it was so tough. It was so hard. It was heartbreaking. Cause also I was really young man and I had so much love and so much passion for, the pizza and for what it meant and the history of it in Naples and like my ideas and like even in Naples, like they really weren't doing it the way I was doing it. Like I had basically gone to Naples a bunch of times when I was younger with my mom and dad and then just me and my mom and stuff and, and kind of like read a lot of stuff and like read old books that were in Italian, like, and just kind of like, took what I thought pizza was like, you know, hundreds of years ago at that point and was like, this is, this is the way pizza, you know, should be. And this is the way I'm going to do it. And so, yeah, I felt like I was so alone. It was very heartbreaking. People in New Jersey at that time, there was very few people I got it. It was really a battle. It was really a tough time for me. And many times I felt like giving up, you know, I really, I, questions like what was the point of it i was making no money i couldn't afford like to get a car it was just really i was like where you know where am i going to go with this thing like at a certain point i really felt like you know and i my dad i think too my dad worked in atlantic city in the union you know was kind of like you know what the heck are you doing you got to just go get a job like this is a joke and stuff and so i really it was tough (laughs) yeah How long, how long was it like that for you before you started to, like, turn around? Well, I did it in New Jersey for a little over eight years before I moved to New York City. And I would say the first couple of years, you know, there was a woman at the time who had written um, an article about my bread before I closed that. 
and she was the food writer for like one of the largest papers in New Jersey. And so she had written um, a little story in the paper about the bread bakery, which got me like a little bit of business going, but it didn't last too long because, you know, it was what it was. It was right. a small town, but either way. So when I opened up the pizzeria, she eventually uh, found out that I had opened this little pizzeria and she came and loved it and like got it and wrote this article. And she was also one of the James Beard voters and all this stuff and connected to other food people in America, like other food writers and so she came and wrote this big story on the pizzeria and it like overnight got super busy. And like my dad ended up coming and working with me and he was like, I'm going to quit my job and work in the pizzeria. <laughs> he, knew nothing. he knew nothing of making pizza. And, but anyway, he was, we were so busy. We were like, Oh my God, we made like a couple of hundred bucks. This is insane. We're like millionaires. <laughs> and so, you know, like, but it didn't last, but it was the start of that, uh, kind of like some people getting it. And then slowly I started to build like a bunch of regulars that became awesome. And like a lot of like people that were kind of not mainstream that like got it and little by little, you know, and, and it built into something. And then a lot of those people actually to this day are still like flew out to San Francisco for my opening and will be at the opening when I reopen in New York city. And some of them, I became such good friends that they came to my wedding in Italy. And wow. So it was beautiful. It was a very beautiful, small thing that I had built to the degree that then when I finally felt like, okay, I have to take this to the next step. And that's when I started thinking about trying to open in New York city after eight years of being in New Jersey. And by that point I, was pretty confident in what I could do. I was, you know, really in it. I was making pizza. I made every pizza myself. I, I ran the whole place myself. I had no employees. Um, and so, like, I knew what I was doing after after that amount of time to a degree. And so uh, this famous food writer at the time was working on a book about pizza. And I knew who he was because I had one of his books about New York and places to eat in New York. And it was a book that I used a lot to find places. And so this woman that wrote the article on me all those years prior to that had contacted me. It was like, Oh, this guy is working on a pizza book. And I told him about you and he's going to take the train down from New York city and come eat your, come and eat at your pizzeria. And I was so nervous and excited. And he came down and he, uh, he ate the pizza and it, it blew him away. He was into it. And coincidentally, at that point, I had already started looking for a location in New York City. So I had told him, like, you know, I'm thinking of opening New York City and closing this. So during the time when he was working on the book is when I found my location in East Village, signed the lease, started building it out. And just beautiful timing when I opened in the East Village in New York City in 2004 or whenever that was his book came out at the same time and it just was perfect timing. And it's just like, and he was on like the today show and like all these shows talking about like the best pizzas in America and what he had discovered on his journey of finding pizza. And he, you know, in this book basically wrote a whole chapter about me and the pizzeria amongst like two other people, two other pizzerias, I think he included in it. And it's just like, it just was perfect timing, and that really kicked off the next phase. Wow, and that was probably and people probably like see you now, and they see you. You know, there's lots of interviews and video interviews, and you know, you're in books, but they don't hear about like those eight years previous where nobody came into your restaurant, like, and you just kept going. They don't hear about that a lot, right? And all those years before that with the bread bakery too. So I mean, before anybody really even knew who I was, I mean, I had already been in business for about twelve years of total suffering. And before that, I had been obsessed with making stuff at home for many, many years. So, you know, it was a very, very slow, slow growth. Very slow. What made I you... Mean, what, to the point now that, like, you yeah. know, Una Pizza has been in business for... Uh, Una Pizza I opened 22 years ago. That's crazy. What made you not yeah. quit? Like, a lot of people would have quit and given up way, way quicker. than Obviously, you didn't. But, you know, people probably after two or three years of that would have just thrown in the towel. What made you keep going? 
believe me, man, I had so many moments, so many moments of like feeling like, what was I doing? What, you know, what was the point? I felt so alone, you know, like I just, it was tough. It was really tough. I mean, but little by little, you know, like, you know, I just kind of kept moving along and stuff. And I mean, you know, again, like, you know, my mom was such a, a, a strong force in my life as far as like just a belief and believing in me and just saying simple things that seem so silly, but somehow it's such a weight, like, you know, just keep your chin up. She would always say to me, don't worry. And like, it sounds like that's nothing, but it meant everything. And so it was just slow, you know, and I, I did want to give up at times, but you know, then, you know, at a certain, I mean, I wanted to give up a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it ever really ends, does it? No. For sure not. Like, you get to a you know, point where sometimes, especially as you get older, you're like, you know what, maybe that's enough. Well, yeah, I mean, I and I definitely feel that now because definitely the path that I've taken, whether I'm in a book or whether I have an interview or whatever or a TV thing, the fact is all my choices have always led to me never really making a lot of money. So I've always been also just financially at a point where it's like, you know, I've never gone to that next step where it's like, okay, now financially I'm free or I'm really safe. It's always been like, you know, a balance between financially what's sensible and also what is the truth of what I'm trying to do, what really speaks to my heart, what is a continuous representation of what this has all been about. Like I'm not somebody who would ever just turn around and be like, okay, that's it. I'm going to have like a hundred places and nothing matters, and it's just going to all be watered down, and we're going to make so much money, and I'm going to be retired in six months, which, believe me, I would love to on a financial side, but I don't know if I can ever really go that far with it. You know, it's got to be – everything I do has to be logically making sense to my heart. Yeah, that's interesting because I'm sure, especially in the last few years, I'm sure you've had opportunities or people come to you and say, hey, let's open up a couple restaurants or a couple more of these somewhere. And it probably takes a lot from you to say, no, I'm not going to do that. It does, you know, and I, and obviously, you know, when you're like, you know, you're out there in the world trying to survive, you, you know, I do get flattered and I definitely entertain these ideas or I'll meet up with somebody or go out and have a coffee with them and, or go see what they're thinking but, man, it really never has shown to be anything truthful or good or something that would allow me to continue on this path. A lot of times I've met people like that are very big in the restaurant world or have tons of places and very deep pockets. But, you know, I meet with them and it's almost like they're like, okay, we love what you do. Here's what we're going to do. And it basically has nothing to do with what I do. And I'm like, all right. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying it's got to be a hundred percent of continuation. Obviously I'm open to evolution and open to growth, but like it can't be where there's nothing left of what I do or what made the place known. Then it's like, well, why even bother having it? Just do it without me. You know, yeah. easier for everybody. I wonder if there's a happy medium in there where you could be a little bit of both, right? You need to find that one person who can, well, I think there is. And I think that's where I'm at now. You know, like I have, my new place that I'm going to open in New York city, I have two partners that are my equals. Um, and they have equal say, um, in what we're doing, they have an equal percentage. They have, we're we're 100% equals. And it took me a long, trust me, a long, long time to get emotionally to the point that I was ready for that. And then once I was emotionally ready for that, then, to find the people that I could do that with and that I felt I could trust and that I felt we could build something beautiful and evolve. You know, I'm not looking to go backwards, but I'm also not looking to throw everything in the past away either. Right. And are you, so I know that in the past you've made the dough, you make every pizza. Is that something that you're going to do continue moving forward or is it finally time to let somebody else help you out? Well, I'm definitely going to be uh, doing it as much as humanly possible. I mean, again, like, you know, I mean, the fact is up until December 23rd of 2017, like two months ago, um, I have made every single dough ball 
and every single pizza for 22 years. That's amazing. So, I mean, I have made, like, I'm, I don't even know how many pizzas. I've made, like, a million. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, I was selling out. Yeah, imagine, like, I was selling out every night that we were open. Some nights, like, 150 pizzas. So that's a lot of pizza. And physically and mentally, I... I had already gotten to a point in the last couple of years where I was feeling like, you know what? I don't know how much longer I can do this by myself, just physically. I really felt like I don't know if I have that many more years left in me to do that level of pizza. But unfortunately, then I need to do that level of pizza to make a living for me and my family. So and I'm kind of torn. So, yes, um, I'm going to continue as much as I can and – I'm going to have somebody now in the new place with me, working with me always, and there at night when I'm making pizza, helping me flatten them, put them in the oven, pop them, et cetera. But I'll be there. I mean, you know, the new place is going to be open six days a week. So we're trying to figure out, like, how can we maximize me to be there when I need to be there and not to be there when I don't need to be there. So, again, like, now that I have partners – I'm not going to have to be there like I was at my other place, you know, doing the paperwork, doing the ordering, bringing the garbage out at the end of the night, right. mopping the floors. With my guy. I mean, I had employees all these years. I had servers. I had a hostess. I had a guy in the kitchen prepping. But I still was going in every morning, making all the dough for two, three hours, and then coming back when we opened for service and making every pizza and staying there until we locked the door. So. Now we're trying to figure out, like, okay, how can we get Anthony in there right when pizza service starts, and as soon as he's done making pizza, he goes home. So those are kind of the things that we're working on and stuff so that I can be there as much as possible, if not 100% of the time, most of the time, and then grow from there and, you know, have it be, again, like a very slow evolution, something that makes sense, something that's truthful to what Una Pizza has been for 22 years, you know? That's amazing. Who's going to be the person that helps you in the kitchen? That's like the best pizza apprenticeship in the U.S. Yeah, you know, it's an awesome guy that's young and very strong because, you know, as anyone that works in the pizza industry knows, you know, people are always like, oh, I want to, like you see it at the Pizza Expo, man. People are pumped up and they want to open pizzerias, but man, Running a pizzeria and making pizza is manual labor. Like, you're basically <laughs> saying, like, I want to run a jackhammer eight hours a day. Yeah. That's my dream job, you know, and it's very similar. So, you know, you need somebody who's physically strong, physically capable, has some, ro- you know, a robust stature about them, or they're just not going to hang. They're not going to be able to get through the night, you know, after no. a couple of weeks they're going to fall apart. Totally. I- so I got somebody, yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, I you get people like you get. I get emails all the time. Yeah, I'm a I'm a plumber, but I want to open a pizzeria. It's my passion. And we're like, have you ever worked in one before? And they're like, no. I'm like, maybe you should try that. Yeah, yeah. I always tell people that too. It's like before you open one, you should go get a job working at your local pizzeria part time and see like you know what it's really all about. It working in food is not glamorous unless you're like you know a celebrity chef who's going to have a place in Vegas, a place in New York, a place in Miami, and you're just jet-setting around, hanging out at each one at the VIP table. But for the rest of us, it's like it's not really glamorous. Right. And it's like, you know what, even that celebrity chef probably spent 20 years working in the restaurant to become a celebrity chef, most of them at least. Totally, 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 totally. There's always that one guy in the bunch who just started out as a celebrity chef, but we'll forget about him. Right. <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, but yeah, back to that guy. I'm fascinated by that because that seems like the best pizza. Pr- like if you're going to learn how to make pizza, the side by side next to you is probably the best spot. Right. Well, you know, we wanted to get somebody. So he's a talented chef already. That's the thing. So he's made pizza a little bit in his life, but basically he's an open book and a clean slate, which is what I wanted. I didn't really want somebody who has bad habits or good habits, but not my habits. I wanted somebody who's open to my, my ideas. And then from that, then they can add their own touch and their own feel and their own heart to whatever they're doing. But at least as a basis to start, I didn't want somebody who's like coming from like, you know, a hardcore, like 
Neapolitan program or whatever techniques that they've been taught, and this is the only way to do it. I wanted somebody who's really like just a very talented person and a very hardworking person, and that's what we have. We have a, a kid who's young, strong, used to working long hours in the kitchen, super talented working in like Michelin-starred restaurants where he knows how to deal with pressure. He knows how to deal with like having a lot of people demanding a lot of them at once, you know? Yeah. And so that's who, that's who we're going to have. So you set the expectations right for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's excited and wants to do something, I think, that's a little more physical also besides mental um, and a little more like movement-wise than the, the high-end, the fine dining, right. which can be a little tedious at times and very, you know, plating. You're spending a lot of time on the way the plates are looking and stuff. So I think he's kind of looking and wants to get a little bit out of that. So, um, and, he, and he already works with my partners, so they trust him and know him well also. Got it. Where, where is the new place in New York opening? The Lower East Side on Orchard Street between uh, Houston and Stanton. And when is the open date? Do you have one yet? We don't have one yet. No, uh, we're hoping sometime early spring, you know, like very soon, hopefully. We're just, we're still building it out, but we're moving as fast as we can. We, you know, the oven's already in there and stuff, and it's just now a matter of putting all the pieces together. It's going to be beautiful also. Is there going to be a lot more seating than your other place that you had in New York? Uh, You know, it's going to be like double. Uh, what we had in my last place and in New York, but it's structured in a way that like when it comes to the pizza aspect of things, it's still going to be kind of like about the same. Right. There must be a lot of sad people in, there must be a ton of sad people in San Francisco now. I think so. You know, when we closed um, the SF location, uh, the way we did it was, you know, we were planning Uh, My partners and I were still getting everything together and kind of locking down, you know, all the details of our partnership and everything. So I didn't want to tell anybody that we were doing this, and they didn't either. And and then once we were getting that all tightened up, then it was like, okay, I decided, like, I'm going to close, like, right before Christmas. But we didn't really – I was almost not going to tell anyone here. I wanted to kind of just be open and then just close mysteriously – and then resurface a few months later with this new thing. And that was sort of my plan. And I, and I, you know, my wife was like, Oh, I don't know if you should do that. There's a lot of people that really care. And I was like, no, I know. But I mean, we've been here over eight years. They've had their time. You know, I just felt like for my personality, I didn't want to make a big production out of it. And so what happened though, was it got leaked in the press that, you know, me and my uh, partners were doing this and like that we, had signed this lease on this location and in the Lower East Side and all this stuff. So it came out and then we had to kind of like um, answer to it. So, uh, it, you know, I had to actually tell people and it ended up being really beautiful that I did because um, it, it allowed me then to see like how many people really love the place. And we had like a two month run of just craziness, like literally like, Every night for the last two months, we had like 30, 40 people waiting online before we would open. Wow. And like, it was so beautiful, man. So beautiful. People giving us gifts and like wanting to see my daughter and just like, it was very, very sweet. And it made me feel like I left on a really beautiful note. So, yeah, I think there's people that are sad, but I think many people kind of understood that like this was the, the evolution of the next step. Do you do you think that you'll ever open back up again in San Francisco? Maybe have two, one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast? You know, I mean, that's so far from where we're at right now. I mean, like, you know, really, again, like, I always try to do everything in a way that's truthful and logical and beautiful. And that's sort of my criteria for everything in my life. So um, I don't, I don't really know if, if that would ever happen, but I don't want to say it never would happen either. Right. You know, um, first we have to get this place open and make sure it's what it should be and make sure that like when people come in, they're like, Oh my God, the pizza is as good as ever or better. And it's beautiful and it's great. And it touches us and then we'll grow from there. And, 
you know, I'm excited even just for myself just to see what it's like to have, you know, more freedom in my life besides, you know, the fact that I'm going to be making the pizza still, but then all that other stuff on the other side that I'm not going to have to deal with, whether it's, you know, payroll, taxes, ordering. <laughs> all the fun stuff. Things, like, yeah, honestly, like, that's like 50% of my life until now. So, you know, to just be free on that side and just be able to really be like, you know, the way we're structuring it to just be like, I got to come in and make sure that the pizzas are incredible and that everybody touching the pizza is doing what they should and that the other few things on the menu are where they should be. And that's it. So to have that kind of freedom, I'm excited. I don't even know where my mind's going to go because it's been so full for the last, you know, 30 years of my life that who knows, maybe we will open another one. Maybe, you know, we'll do other stuff. I've, always wanted to do some products that I believe in deeply and have my own name on them. So I think in some way that would probably be my next step. If anything would be like to have like a, an Una tomato from Italy and an Una olive oil from Italy and stuff like that. And I, I go to Italy every year. My wife is from there. So we have a lot of, a lot of really beautiful contacts over there for some products that we would be proud to support. I'm sure that the people in New York are excited to have you back. It's going to be jam-packed, I'm sure, right from the beginning. I think so. It seems like that. You know, when I'm back there now, it seems like a really beautiful uh, – people are so supportive and so kind. Even at the Pizza Expo, you know, that was my first year going. I know, which and, I was surprised about. I, I We talked at the Pizza Expo for the first time, and I was – and I, uh, I I was I was shocked that it was your first time. I know I know they probably have asked you to go many times, but it was, I was surprised to yeah, hear it was your yeah, first time. Yeah, well, I'm kind of not like I'm a little bit out of that loop and stuff, and like you know I kind of have always done my own thing, and also like up until recently there would have been no reason for a Neapolitan-ish style place to go because there was nothing there that pertained to that. That's more recent in the last couple of years that it's become like part of the industry. Yeah. Um, so I would have went and like there wouldn't have even been like, you know, an Italian flower company there. So it would have made no real sense for me anyway um, to be there. But then since that's been going on over the last like eight years or whatever that, you know, that there's more of that there. I don't know. Like, you know, anyway, like I like to kind of stick to myself and still sort of stay in my own little bubble. <laughs> You're better off that way, I guess. Right. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how, that's why I never went. But I, I, all that being said, so, I was saying, like, you know, kind of going. I was a little nervous, you know, a little bit like, gosh, I don't know, like, how this is going to go. And, man, it was it was overall, like, people were so supportive and so kind and so excited and so pumped about the new place opening. And, like, it was really cool, you know. And I, honestly, too, like, you know, as I've gotten older, I'm, my mind is a little more open to, like, sharing information with people because you know i came up like we spoke earlier in a way where like there was no information if you wanted it you really had to search and dig deep for it like i would when i was a kid i was so scared and nervous to even ask anybody anything like if i would go to like tortotos in coney island or whatever like i would never think to ask them like hey where do you get your flower from they'd be like get the heck out of here <laughs> it's a different world like people weren't open people used to like rip all the labels off their cans of tomatoes before they put them in the garbage <laughs> just in case i'm serious man like just in case there was somebody who would try to go through their garbage bag to figure out what brand of peeled tomatoes they were using that's the level that used to exist now everything's open and there's schools and classes and like oh let's all get together and share information so i grew up in a way that was so different than that where it was like, look, if I have some info and it's working for me, I'm not giving it to anybody. <laughs> it's so true. I started, and, I started the whole podcast know, up based on that because I'm the same way. I don't want to ask anybody for information, but I'm like, you know what? If I start a podcast, it's like a way for me to ask for information without having to ask for information. Right, right. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that being said, like now, you know, as I've gotten older and like I kind of see like the genuine love that people have for things and the genuine passion that like a lot of these younger guys that have pizzerias now have and they're really like man i've met some people like that really really care about what they're doing there's like a, a kid in like you know ohio i believe like called vero pizza that like you know he's really 
doing good things and really putting himself into it and other people there's like there's people around like that you know really really care and put everything they can into it as i did when i was starting out and so it's kind of changing my mentality as i've gotten older to not feel like okay i'm not telling anybody anything i'm not going anywhere i'm not saying a word to anybody and that's it yeah so it was beautiful to see that at the peach expo too you know to see like all these younger guys that like love what they're doing and give it their all and like they're really trying to progress every minute with their pizza i think there's a transition in the last like probably i'd say over the last five years of getting back to that the roots of what pizza really is like in the 80s and 90s it was kind of like you know just pizza was almost fast food and i think that in the last five or seven years it's gone back to like good good ingredients pizza makers are professionals now they're not just it's not just an hourly job i think it's it's heading in the right direction, at least in my opinion. I agree with you 100%, totally. Um, I think, again, like, that's what you see at the Expo, like, that I was shocked by. is like, you know, like I said, like, all the pizza magazines and all the stuff and, the you know, the whole pizza industry, you know, in the in the 90s even, like, you know, and even in the 2000s up until, you know, the very end of, two, like, maybe around, you know, 2000 seven, eight, nine, ten, around there somewhere, or even 2010, up until that, I mean, really it was, it was more like, you know, how do you open a place where you can like buy frozen dough and get your cheese pre-grated and what kind of oven can you do the most pizzas in with the least amount of, you know, skilled workers right? and that kind of stuff. And, and now, man, like you see it at the expo, I mean, the majority of that expo, I mean, granted, there's a lot of people there that like are like basically the equivalent of McDonald's. But then there's a lot of other people there that are, like, selling, like, incredible flowers, incredible ovens, incredible mixing machines, olive oils, tomatoes, like, aprons, just everything really going in a direction of, like, you said, where people are really, this is not just a job. It's, like, a whole life for them, and they really care. Yeah, it's totally different. When I was, like you said, in the 90s, I think I worked in the pizzeria in the 90s and 2000s, and it was, like, what do you do for work? And I'm like, oh, I make pizza, and it was kind of, like, people laughed at you. Now it's like you're a pizza maker and you're like, oh, oh, great. What kind of pizza do you make? You totally, totally. That's exactly what they say. Exactly. You're so right. It's like, what kind of pizza do you make? Where back then it would just be like, well, they wouldn't even ask you that because what kind of pizza would you be making? You'd be making whatever. Yeah. Now they, it's like, oh, what's your to make? What do you do? What's your place like? What's your specialty? Yeah. Back then they laughed at us and walked away. Exactly. <laughs> but... Um, but I was excited to see you, and I'm excited to uh, – hopefully I can get a reservation now at your new place. Yeah, well, we'll work it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll email you after the show. Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> but I'm excited, and uh, I, I've had you on the phone now for like an hour. I think I said 20 minutes, so I don't want to take too much more of your time up. I appreciate you okay. joining me on the show, Anthony. It was great to uh, talk to you. Great to see you at the Pizza Expo. Are you going to be – is the Pizza Expo something that you're going to be attending, uh, you know – on more frequently now or is it like oh, i did it i'm over it now well i don't know if i'm gonna go you know often but who knows we'll see you know we'll see i mean you know it worked out this year also because the pizzeria is not open yet so it was convenient you know if i'm in there making pizza every day it's tough for me to get away for right anything else other than like a family vacation so where can people go find you online you have a website or somewhere you want to send people to or uh, Yes, yes. So the pizzeria's website is U-N-A-P-I-Z-Z-A dot com, unapizza.com. And we're going to be open shortly, and that's in New York City on the Lower East Side on uh, Orchard Street. Cool, man. Well, well, I'll link up that email in the, uh, not the email, but the website in our show notes, too. And uh, I'm excited to see your great. new place, and I'm excited for it to open. I appreciate you taking the time out, man. It was really great talking to you, Anthony. Thank you. Likewise, it was great speaking. I just want to say thanks to Anthony for joining us on the show. He's in the middle of opening his new restaurant in New York City, as you heard, and for him to take some time out to join us for an hour, uh, super awesome. I'm a big fan of Anthony's. I think he's doing some great stuff. Can't wait to go after the call. You know, I said, hey, listen, when you do open your new restaurant, you got to let me come in. So he said yes, and I think I may go down there for his, when he opens his new place in New York. So we'll take some video of that, and maybe we'll do like an in-person video with Anthony. That'll, that'll be great. Like I mentioned in the beginning, some announcements. Thank you so much to Susan from Our Town America. If you're looking for new movers to, who move into your area and you're looking for an inexpensive way to use direct mail to locate people who have 
are new to your area and just moved in, definitely contact Susan. Susan at OurTown.net is her email. Or go to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash OurTown for some info about that. Also, our mastermind group, if you're more of a hands-on person, and I think a lot of people who were at our meetup are perfect for the mastermind group. They ask questions. They're curious. They want to know what's working, but they really want to be hands-on with it. So if that sounds like you, you should check out our mastermind group, and you can find that over at smartpizzamarketing.com. Total Loyalty Solutions, too, another sponsor of the show. Thank you so much to Total Loyalty Solutions. If you're looking for an online ordering platform uh, and not the third-party sites that take a huge percentage of your sales, it's branded to your brand. It's put on your website. It's a flat monthly fee, and you get all of the benefits from that. You can drive as many orders as you want and you only pay one small monthly fee. So go check out Total Loyalty Solutions. You can head over to our website. There's a link there. If you click that, just tell them you heard them on the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. All right, guys, thank you so much. If you could leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify, if you're listening to the show there, I would very much appreciate it. Don't forget about our live show on Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time. If you're listening to this when it comes out, our live show Tuesday night is going to feature Lee Cockrell, so Lee was on a past episode of the show. Lee Cockrell, the vice president of operations at the Disney World Company, managed over 40,000 employees, organized it all, opened Disneyland Paris. So he's got a huge amount of experience when it comes to building leadership, building company culture that was, and you know, building great teams. And a lot of questions I get are about that. So this is your opportunity. If you're listening to this podcast when it comes out, if you're listening to it later, sorry, you missed it. You're going to have to go back and watch the replay. But if you're listening to this when it comes out, you got an opportunity to come to the live show Tuesday night and ask Lee questions in person, and he'll answer them in real time. So go check that out over on Facebook. You can just search Smart Pizza Marketing if you haven't liked our Facebook page yet. What the heck are you doing? Like, seriously, put up 177 episodes and you haven't liked our Facebook page yet? I'm a little offended. So go do that now for me, please. And follow me on Instagram while you're at it. Smart Pizza Marketing on Instagram. All right, guys, have a great week. If you have a question, you can email me, Bruce, at smartpizzamarketing.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week on the show.